Funded by the State Library of Western Australia, this collection of stories documents experiences of the COVID-19 pandemic that hit Australia in early 2020. The COVID-19 pandemic led to the declaration of a state of emergency in Western Australia on the 16th of March. WA went into lockdown between the months of March to May, with further restrictions continuing for months after. During this time, events were cancelled, schools shut down and parks became overcrowded. Thousands of individuals, businesses, communities and organisations were severely impacted as they were forced to work from home, social distance and book emergency flights. This collection, produced by the Centre for Stories in Northbridge, Western Australia, explores these unprecedented effects and contributes a record of this remarkable time in history. This interview features Zee Zuna. Zee is a professional dancer from Singapore who recently moved to Perth with her partner during the pandemic. I'm Zuna Zafira, but I go by the name Z. I've had that nickname since I was little, and then it was kind of pretty convenient when I moved to the UK and nobody could pronounce my name. I am a dancer, choreographer, and also a movement artist. When I came here in March, I didn't quite know that I was going to be here for the long run. You know, I came here thinking, all right, I'm going to be here temporarily. COVID just broke out, and I'm going to go back to work at some point this year. But turns out, um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. And I think there's a lot of people in my situation where they're seeing that their migration is going to be temporary, but things change and you just gotta, you just have to go with the flow and, you know, and, and realize that, oh crap, like I, I, I'm going to be here for long. So I think it's nice to share these stories and know that there's other people that's kind of in the same boat and know that you're not alone and, so I've been living in the UK for the past six years. I've been dancing with this company for about nearly two years. And so the nature of my job is we're based in the UK, but we travel around the world to perform. So that's been what, what I've been doing. So in March, whilst we were rehearsing in London, the choreographer that I work for, he just came in at the end of the week and I was like, all right, all our tours have been cancelled for pretty much nearly the rest of the year. And there is no job. And for a touring company, that is very bad news because when there's no tours, there's no income, there's no money for us, really. So he said, okay, we need to go on a pause and, you know, we'll cover your costs wherever you need to go back to. Oh, you know, so I was like, okay, like, where do I want to be now? Like, do I want to be with my partner in Perth or do I want to go back to family that's in Singapore? And it was hard to decide then because my relationship with him is also quite fresh. But then I feel deep down inside, I knew that it was something worth it to invest in. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to Perth. Even though at that point, I didn't know that it's going to be long term. I just made that decision. It was very last minute. I think at that point of time in March, you feel this strong sense of anxiety. You know, everyone was feeling that kind of feeling of overwhelmed and I just decided to come here on a whim. Two days later, it was like a total shutdown in Australia. So I was, yeah, pretty lucky. And I was the batch of people that came into Perth that didn't need to be checked in by the police because I heard there was a few people that came after I came and, you know, the police would come in every day and kind of, maybe not every day, maybe like a few times a week to check in that they're actually at home quarantining and doing their responsibility to for that two weeks to be away from everyone. 
um, but I was pretty lucky. My partner still lives with his parents. I quarantined at home in his in, in his place. You know, they kind of set up the the room just for myself and put everything that I need there to occupy myself, like the television. You know, I, I, I love working out and I love doing Pilates. So they put all the equipment and stuff in my room just to occupy myself. Um, yeah, it was nice. But obviously two weeks on your own, it's kind of not fun. So I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, I think people who have been independent and lived on their own can agree with me that it is tough when you have to live with like parent figure. It, it is tricky because, you know, you can't do what you usually do and, you know, it's someone's space. So there's that level of guilt as well. Like, okay, and I need to watch myself constantly kind of feeling. Um, I've met them twice. So I came last in November and then I came again in Je- uh, February this year. So I have met them in like glimpses, but I've never really like lived with them. So that was very interesting. I love them so much. They're so welcoming. They're so open to allowing me to stay there for however long I need. I think I've kind of found a rhythm to it as well. And I realized along the way that I need to get some kind of independence on my own. And one of the things I did for myself was to get my own car. I just got a secondhand car. And I think that's a big deal when you live in Perth. Like, yes, there's public transport, but I, coming from Singapore and living in London, I kind of do miss the efficiency of things and being able to get from A to B, like, you know, quickly. And I cannot deny that. I'm like, okay, I can be patient, but I also need to get somewhere and I want to go to places on my own. So getting a car was a game changer. A quick tip, my friend Martha told me to find your own social circles in somewhere new, like a new a new city or new place that you're living in, um, apart from your loved ones, apart from your partner or whoever that you know, um, so then you find that kind of independence for yourself. And I think that's really important to find your social circles. Because when I moved here, obviously I knew him, I knew his family. I have my group of dance friends here. Um, but they are also my partner's friends. So it's kind of like, okay, how do I... I need to have my own circle outside of his life. And I think that was, you know, I, I knew that, but I just needed someone to say that to me, like, go find your own social circle and that will make a big difference. My partner, he's, he's, a, he's a white Australian, so he comes from a very like Western-centric upbringing and I don't, even though I, you know, I have lived in London, I have been travelling these past years with my job and stuff like that, um, but I find it tricky to, in some sense, be myself or some conversations has been quite challenging to have with him or even with his social circle or his family, you know, it's almost as if like sometimes I feel we can get by but then we don't really truly understand each other and I find that quite frustrating because, you know, just like little things at home as well, like some things my family do or don't do, it's different here and, you know, the depth of conversation we go into talking about culture or tradition or you know I I can't really have it here so it's slightly frustrating and the thing is my parents both of them are teachers in Singapore and they are Malay teachers so I've always had this very strong upbringing of culture and you know my my dad's really articulate when it comes to literary stuff and you know I, I love having conversations with him about about 
I don't know, he just comes up with his own random words that, you know, he's just got that mind and that kind of excitement about language and culture. And, you know, I've always had that in me. So it, it's tricky sometimes not being able to share that um, with people who un- don't quite understand it. In some ways, I felt Perth was quite a clicky city. And I feel like anyone who moves somewhere new would feel that, you know, like you you look at everyone and you're like, wow, like they've known each other for most of their lives and they've been friends, they've been family since the get-go. And like, I just feel it's kind of hard to get into these circles. And I also, I'm very sensitive with not intruding people's space. But there's been a big shift recently. I think with the efforts that I've put in to kind of be a bit more open um, with what's around and the people around, I've met new friends that I've got strong connections with. There's been a big shift and I'm very thankful for that. I don't really feel as much like the other, but then at the same time, like being a brown person, living in a world like this, you, you know, you only see life as a person of colour. And you wouldn't, you know, that's all you know and that's all you will ever know your whole life because that's what you are. So at, at times you can't really help but see the difference and like how, how people are treated differently and, you know, you, you're very sensitive with these eyes. With the BLM marching and the COVID, I felt that when the marches were happening, at that point of time, we were pretty safe with COVID. I think the main thing I would remember from this time is being able to slow down and take time to really truly learn and understand what was already in front of you. You know, I think we take advantage of a lot of things about our loved ones, our family. Um, With the dance industry, a lot of it is put online now with, you know, you do online classes, you do online dance company classes. It goes against the essence of dance itself because it is a social activity and, and, you know, you do it with people, you interact, you touch, you... It's very hard for a lot of dancers not being able to be in the same studio or being in the same space as other people. At this point, I really feel we're suffering big time. You know, we are non-essentials. We're always at the bottom of the tier when it comes to funding in general, even without COVID. But at the same time, I'm really thankful that COVID happened because that's allowed me to do my other love of writing as well, like being able to invest in things that you've always wanted to do and being able to get a certification in Pilates, which has been on my to-do list for like quite some time. Life gives you something and then you've you got these opportunities to make the most out of it. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Centre for Stories, head to our website, centreforstories.com.